You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how Payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge crash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have front row seats to all the actions. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every day and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 10 of the Rig Rats podcast, a hockey podcast network podcast. And we have returning for the second week in a row, our returning and very special guest, Kyle. Welcome back, Kyle. What's up, guys? Kyle, this is episode 10. Uh, how are we feeling so far? Fantastic. I feel blessed to be able to talk about hockey multiple times a week with somebody that actually knows what they're doing so that I don't have to explain the rules of the game. It's, yeah. it's very fun. It's very enjoyable. I mean, uh, here here's to the first 10 and here's, you know, to uh, the next 100, right? Right, 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 right. <laughs> you know, when, when this, you know, inevitably blows up and uh, our fortune and fame goes through the roof. Yeah, when when we're the next spit and chicklets and we, and we have... Uh, our own vodka. Yeah, we get our own liquor deal. Yeah. Yeah, we should do something cool like, like, like bourbon or, or gin, something like an old man would drink. <laughs> Go the other direction. Yeah, exactly. Well, Kyle, um, the Edmonton Oilers had really one game. Last game, we talked about two Jets games. However, me being a dummy, didn't really look at the schedule and realize that we had to record before they played their last game. Um, however, I mean, I think it gives us a little bit of perspective because uh, the one game they played between episodes here was a wild game. Um, yeah, it was something. It was, uh, I I sort of watched this one. I actually wasn't able to watch it live, but I started it right as like the third period ended and then watched it through. It was heart pounding. And it, it was, it's one of those games where I think as a fan of, of either team, you, uh, you look at that and you're having a heart attack no matter what. And the Oilers yeah. in this one, they go down by a lot. The Oilers fans are not feeling good. And then they come back, end up losing. The Jets fans are watching this. They go up by a ton. All of a sudden, the Oilers come back. You're panicking, and then you win. Like, it was a roller coaster of a game no matter what. Yeah. So we start off. We get Mike Smith uh, getting uh, another back-to-back start here. 
after pitching a shutout versus Montreal in a really solid game. Um, so yep. I was not surprised to see Tippett go back to him. We know Tippett has a thing for Smith. And then as soon as Smith plays well in one game, he, he's buying another game uh, yeah. from him. That's just, that's, that's how Tippett works pretty much. He, he pretty much is pretty consistent and that's how he plays Smith at least. Yeah. It turns into, I don't know what it is, but these teams just, score a lot of goals against each other. Um, they score three goals in the first period. Alex Chason scores his first, and the Oilers go into the second period down by one. Um, and then early in the second period, they came out a little flat-footed, and they gave the Jets a little bit of some opportunities on the power play to work with a little bit. And the Jets blow open a 4-1 lead. Uh, the Oilers yeah. pull Smith. Some of them, like there was a couple tip-ins in front of them that, and like some absolute laser beams that I, I'm not going to blame him, but like the goal to go up three, one at the beginning of the second period, you've got to stop that one. Yeah. Right? Like cuckoo yeah. has the guy wide and it's just a shot right at him. And it just goes under his glove hand. And I mean, that's one of the, that's one you, you have to stop. Yeah. It was a little soft. And so then after going down, in the 4-1, Tippett pulls him. He allowed four goals on 11 shots, so obviously didn't have it that night. And it felt like the problem is, is like it felt like the Oilers were in it. Like they were in it. They were getting opportunities. They were getting a lot, a lot of chances. Pugliarvi had some grade A chances yeah. in the first period. Yeah. All of a sudden, the Oilers managed to battle back um, the uh, McDavid line, which has generated a lot of chances they've looked dangerous every time they're on the ice they just haven't been going in Nugent Hopkins with some snipes McDavid with some great plays on the power play they managed to battle back make it 5-5 and then uh yet again versus the Jets in the third period they score just that that one more and they they can't get over that hump and they lose the game six to five. They go to the post game and Tippett's talking to everyone. And he's saying that, you know, they outchance them. They outshoot them. Yeah. 45 to 24. And it's just like a couple of bad bounces, a couple of bad minutes and a, a softy by your goalie and you're chasing a game. And it's frustrating when your offense is humming like that. And it's, it's not yeah. even McDavid and Drysaddle. Like Chase on scored two in this Everybody. one. Yamamoto scored. Like we're getting our defense is, you know, putting up tons of points. Some like shots. Tyson yep. Berry's third on the team in scoring right now. Uh, Bouchard had his first multi-point night. He had like eight shots on net. He had an amazing night. And you lose it six five, and it's 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 a tough game. So Kyle, what what did you see from that one? Because I mean, obviously, like like I said, this this game sort of had a little bit of everything. Yeah, I mean, there's it's it's hard to uh, it's hard to harp on a team when you got when you put 45 shots on net. I mean, you know, it's still five of them go in, but it's but it's wild because I mean, you score five goals and the goalie still made 40 saves. That's that's nuts, you know. Uh, so obviously, Hellebuck is still playing well, even though because I mean, they they were good. Uh, the Oilers' goals were were good scored goals i mean there was there wasn't anything that i that i saw that i was like eh, that was kind of soft you know what i mean but like, no, like chase no. on's goals were both good yeah um, chase on's goals were snipes one of new goals, goals were good was uh, the second goal was unstoppable 
and his first goal was an incredible pass by McDavid on the power play. Yep. And, and then, then, then uh, Motos was a tip, in, tip. Uh, tip from the slot. So, yeah. And it, went, like, it bounced and went far down. So, I mean, there's, there's not much you're going to do on that. It's just he, he played well with the rest of the shots that were given to him. And, and like you said, the Oilers were putting up just chance after chance after chance. And it's not their fault of, you know, you can only shoot the puck so many times. And, and like you said, it's just a, a chance of, you know, Smith had a bit of a – that with that muffin, uh, you know, the rest, when you left four goals in on 11 shots, there's, you can't really expect to stay in the game much longer than that. You know, I was pleasantly surprised with the poise to come back, keep yourselves in the game. You know, it was nice because there's there's definitely a big margin for teams to just get pissed off and, and eat it. After, you know, you're down 4-1, you're just, all right, here, here it is, the game's over. You know what I mean? But they fought, they stayed in hard. And like you said, they, the Jets just, put that one more in and hold on tight. There's not really much more you can expect from that game. So I think it was a evenly matched game. Like I, like I thought it was going to be, I think, that, I think that's going to be the Oilers jets all season. So as from a team perspective, how much do you take from this game? Right? Because you obviously don't want to hold on to the loss. And because I'd say like that one stings a little bit from battling back. Yeah. Right. So you don't want to hold on to that and let that, let it eat at you, but you also want to hold on to that feeling that you had the ability and the will to battle back in that game. So like, right. how, how, how do you sort of differentiate the two? Well, I mean, you know, obviously it sucks to go back into the locker room with the L, especially after putting that much effort into, into the game, you try that hard and you push that hard to get back within fighting distance of that game and, and keep it close. So, I mean, it's definitely tough, but I think the leadership in the locker room, uh, guys with letters on their chest, veteran guys, those are the guys that are going to look at you and go, Hey, listen, we lost, but we pushed them back hard. Like, like we were down three goals. There's nothing that says we can't be down four and come back, you know? So next game is a brand new game, but, also take the momentum that because because even at the end there they were pushing hard I mean there were so many opportunities in the last two minutes there was there was three or four solid chances there at the end that just couldn't capitalize you know McDavid got in close couldn't quite put it away just because he was in tight on Hellebuck and it's there's not much you're going to do on that um yeah there was a couple other chances there with the goalie pulled I think you just got to keep that momentum rolling into the next game you know touching back on what I said last last pod where you know, these coaches are, are setting it up as it's not just one game. It's you're playing the whole series. So even if you lose the first game, take the momentum you, you had and roll it into the next. So then rolling into the next game, neither of us pick up any points on our predictions. I was a, a little bit closer in maybe the score, but I still predicted the win. So uh, we're both walking away with uh, some more goose eggs. That's a two in a row goose eggs for us, my friend. Uh, we got to yeah. we got to step our game up. Um, yeah. So now. Right. So now. The next game, we both are on board right now for 3-1. That's what we've got on the bank right now. After mm-hmm. seeing uh, last night, and or two nights ago, uh, in that mm-hmm. 6-5 game, and like we were saying in the last episode, right, that second game is the adjustment game. So now the right. Oilers, you know, have lost the first game. So they're the team that is looking to make the biggest adjustment to, right. to win the game. So. Uh, how are we feeling for the second game? Like, what are you expecting? And then uh, what, what do you got for a score? I expect, a, you know, the same push that they had at the end there. I expect them to come out hot, you know, or they should at least. You know, like I said, the leadership in the locker room should be pushing those guys. Hey, listen, we were on their tail hard at the end. Just keep hot on their ass and, and, and push and push and push. And, and you know, that, that should be a good start to the game. So I think, I think they'll come out hot. 
seeing the scores go up that high, I, I think I'll, I'll definitely change mine. I, I think I think I'm going to push it to a, a 4-3 Oilers win. I'm going to say regulation. They, they don't seem to like to go into the OT period. But I think it'll be a, you know, some more fireworks during the game. And these two teams I haven't really been necessarily as chippy as the other uh, as any of the other games. You know, it's just been clean. So there no though in this, in this last game, uh Darnell Nurse fought. I think it was Lowry after he hit Perot. Uh it wasn't yeah. like a it wasn't a like a, a huge fight, but I there definitely was a couple punches thrown. With that that's kind of one of those things where if there's a big hit or a dirty hit or something like that your guy like Darnell Nurse is, is the guy on, you know, the Oilers for that. And you, you kind of step up and do your job, but I don't know that necessarily there's any bad blood going into the next game. It's more of what I mean. I don't think that, I think he, you're right. He did. I think he did fight Lowry. I think him and Lowry just kind of shake hands at the end of that one and go, all right, you know, got to do what I got to do. That's my job. Trust me. I'd love to see the chippy games. I think the chippy games are fun, but that's, so that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go four, three, pretty neutral uh, regulation win. My one thing that I think that I noticed is the Drysidle Yamamoto Cahoon line has quieted down quite a bit. Yeah, I, I didn't notice them very much in the last game, um, especially Cahoon. Obviously, Yamamoto scored. Cahoon, I haven't noticed very much. I would say up to this point, he hasn't really impressed me very much. I would have maybe liked a little bit more from him, but I expect Drysidle, who had a quiet game from his standards, to bounce back pretty heavy. So. Uh, you know what? In this one, I'll say I'll say a four-two win in regulation. But I'm gonna say mm-hmm. I'm gonna go for the extra point, and I'm gonna say Drysaddle has three or more points. Okay, all right. I I think I heard uh, last game. I think I heard the commentators were saying, you know, because uh, Yamamoto's been on a little bit of a a point drought here. Uh, you know, hadn't hadn't really been scoring at all points or, or goals or assists. And once they once he scored, you kind of saw him turn around with that relief. You know, it wasn't like a crazy celebration or anything, but he kind of turned around with that relief fist pump, just like, yes, all right, I'm back. We're good. He's such uh, a happy kid. So, he just, he's got I know. the biggest smile. I know. Uh, I think it was, it was good to see that, but you're right. It, the, the line was uh, has been a little quiet in the past few days or past few games. So, And something to look out for either in this game or the next two games we're going to talk about, because we actually got a pretty jam-packed weekend here for Oilers games, is McDavid is one point away from 500 career points. If he does it tonight at the time we're recording this, or I guess when you guys are listening to this, if he does it versus the Jets, he will do it in the exact same number of games as Sidney Crosby did in his career. Just a a funny little stat that I heard that I I thought was kind of weird. So then, like I was saying, we've got a pretty busy weekend here uh, because following up this Wednesday night game versus the Jets, the Oilers have a back-to-back with the Battle of Alberta, a Friday-Saturday matchup versus the Calgary Flames. Remember, they lost their last one in a pretty disappointing and definitely left a bitter taste in my mouth. 6-4 win. It's going to be this Friday, so... It'll be the uh, the next three installation of 10 Battle of Alberta this season. Uh, so, Kyle, what are you expecting from the second Battle of Alberta? Because while there were some fireworks in the first one, uh, I think there is another level we can get to here. So what, what are you expecting? Yeah, I definitely expect, uh, you know, the bitter taste in your mouth is certainly in all of the guys in that locker room, where it should be at least uh, a rivalry of that aggression, I, I guess is the word I'll, I'll, I'll go with there. You know, a rivalry of that just 
the heat in that it, they should be coming out just absolutely piping hot. What whether whether you're looking to score or make a statement on the ice, as one of my coaches used to say, I know where you're going. Give a hit, take a hit, get in the game. <laughs> oh, thanks, Dan B. Shout out Dan B. Just get involved, make a pass, take a hit, give a hit, show up, be big, play hockey. I, I think I think that's that's the the biggest statement you can make in that game is is showing up and playing hard hockey there will probably be more fireworks especially with the outcome of last game Oilers should be hot ready to go all right so I'm going to start off the predictions for this one and I'm actually going to going to give us each uh, a prop bet that we're going to go for mine is what's going to be the first fight matchup so that so that's something for you to think about right here. Uh, I'm gonna say the Oilers, however, are gonna walk away with this one with a tight three-two, three-two OT win. Then I think uh, Cassian's still not in the lineup, but I think fight number one is gonna be, I'll say, Jujar Kara, and we'll, this will be worth two points, one for each fighter. So I'm gonna say okay. that, I'm gonna say Kara from the Oilers. And I'm going to say Zach Ronaldo from the Flames wow. for the fight. Those are, that's a good choice. I forgot Ronaldo played for the Flames. <laughs> Dude, I don't know why they ever would he's, put him on the ice because he does nothing for them. He's in, such a in terrible the hockey, hockey player. Set. Like, in the hot, like, just nothing for them. But, like, all he does is there to hit and punch people. So, I mean, it, it's hard not to, not to pick him. So, uh, what do you got for a score? And who do you think is going to scrap first? Firstly, Zach Ronaldo is a terrible hockey player. You can call me out on that if you'd like. Secondly, I'm going to go 4-2 win. Obviously, that's in the regulation. And I'll take... Lucci is still on the flames. (sighs) Just so you know. Okay, so here's the deal. I think Kachuk's going to mix it up, and Lucci is going to have to fight. So that's what's going to happen. Kachuk's going to be a little shithead. And then then Lucci is going to have to fight. So and who's then stepping if somebody, up and if somebody of big that, Luch. if somebody of that heavyweight stature, it's got to be Nurse that takes that that swings the hands. It's going to be a major heavyweight bout, just absolute haymakers. I don't like that trade though. I don't like that trade though. Uh, I think if you're looking at the team, Cassian's not in the lineup. That's the only guy that takes that fight, or the only guy that takes that fight on an on an even remotely close matchup yeah i i don't know like yeah i think you're right if cassian's not in the lineup i don't know who else could could take the next guy fight. like he, he's the second in line maybe i'd throw i mean i think maybe kara could do it but even that one i get a little nervous <sighs> i mean throw cuckoo in there but i don't know maybe yeah he's not really a fight guy though i mean he's, he's a big boy but i don't know he's not really uh He's not. I don't know. I, that's that's what I think. Those are those are my those are my plays. So then, obviously, uh, we won't know how the first. We don't know how the first game goes, and I think that's going to have a really big implement exactly. and outcome on the following game the next night. Uh, so obviously, a big star, big caveat next to these predictions from us because we have no idea what's going to happen in the first game, and I think that's really going to affect right. the second game. However, I'm expecting you know. Like like we've been saying, the second game, since we're playing all these teams like this back-to-back and where you're seeing them 
uh, in rapid succession like this, right? The adjustment game is, is what we see. So like the Oilers lose game one, right? You, you expect they come out hard. They win. You got to expect the flames to come just as hard because both teams, it's like, you just hate losing to each other. So it's yeah. just, it's so hard to to predict some of these games here. Uh, every game versus the Flames is going to be a battle. Like you, we hate the Flames. We hate the yeah. Flames. In this yeah. house, we hate the Flames. All right. <laughs> so I'm going to say it's a tight win. It's a comeback win. Okay. This this okay. is the story. Okay. For no points. Here's here's the story the in my head. Here's the story in my Set head. The scene. Oilers go down two nothing early in game one. They have to claw their way back and they win three to two in game one in overtime. Great comeback win. Flames expecting to come out hot. All right. In game two, because you're right. They're the flames and they come out, they get two up on us. And then all of a sudden the floodgates open, we battle back and we pour it on for a five, two win. Wow. Okay, uh, and obviously both of those, it's a cold Alberta night, gustily wind. Very. Very. Stars are shining. Warmer than Texas right now, though. Hey, everything's bigger in Texas, including <laughs> the screw-ups at their energy grid. Not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the story. I, I felt compelled on that one, Mr. Farley. You did a wonderful job. I'll say, I said that the, the Oilers come with a, with a hefty 4-2 win. You know, big, big show there. And then I think the second game, is probably going to be very tight, very tight game. I'm going to go 2-1. Lots of scraps, not a lot of goals. So a lot of a lot of extracurricular activity, just not a lot on the point sheet. And uh, who prevails in this 2-1 game? The Oily Boys. The Oily Boys, that's what we like to hear. They pulled two in a row in the Battle of Alberta. I like to hear it. I like to hear it. In my head that sounds good. All righty, Kyle. Well, if any of these predictions come true, we'll, uh, we'll be sure to ask you about it. Uh, however, we are going to take a quick break here. Uh, I'm going to give you guys over to uh, another lovely podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network, and we will be right back. Uh, you know what? I'm just I, I, so heated because of what, what you're telling me, because I, I do not want to live in a world, <laughs> in a world where a craft dinner is the fucking substitute to a good macaroni you're putting powder no 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 mac macaroni as you call it is a substitute for katie god <laughs> oh my god go to go to italy if you ask open some fucking no, 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 no. if you ask any canadian would they rather have macaroni or kd they will tell you kd is the best it is superior it is a fucking national treasure, and it is the greatest dish in Canada. I'm Mason Dixon, a Habs fan stuck in Leafs country, with my co-host Corey, a southern beauty trapped deep in the bayous of Louisiana. With over 2,500 kilometers of separation, we still managed to come together to give you Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. While I don't know what a kilometer is, I do know Habs hockey. Don't let the 10-year age gap or distance fool you. We bleed Blue Blanc Eries, and we're known to serve up hot takes along with our unique charm. Join us every Monday and Thursday for Hockey Talk, Ref Rage, and your daily dose of Southern ignorance. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. 
KE is the superior macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. You put um, ketchup on your fucking macaroni, you nasty kid? Yes, I fucking do. This has been Habs Nightly. You guys have a great night. Alrighty, and we are back. Okay, so we are moving now along to our NHL news, a little look from around the league here. Just, you know, we, we like to keep trying to keep tabs on what else is going on because uh, I got to tell you, I am just having a hard time watching all the highlights from around the league because there's just some games I just, yeah. I don't care about. And, you know, I, I hate to say it, but there's just some that I, I just, I don't care about. Yeah. But some news that I really do care about and you just, you just, you love to see it. You see, the NHL loves to do this thing that when the Leafs score a lot of goals, right, everyone knows about it. I don't have any of my NHL notifications turned on, but yet somehow I got a bunch of notifications that Austin Matthews scored a great goal. Joe Thornton scored. I, you know, all of my YouTube highlights were look at all these Leafs goals. And then something amazing happened. They were up 5-1. That's a, that's a four-goal lead, Kyle. Normally in a game, when you're up by four, how comfortable do you feel? Too comfortable, naturally. And yet the Leafs just have the best, the best habits, just the best habits of blowing leads. And they lose 6-5 in overtime. And I think just that is news. And we have to take a moment to pause and point and laugh. Shout out, Ottawa. Because while the Oilers did lose 6-5 as well, they were losing most of that game. And also... It wasn't to the Senators. Shout out Ottawa. <laughs> Ottawa has, I think, 50% of their victories versus the Leafs this season. That is correct. And I think that on the flip side, 50% of the Leafs' losses are to the Senators? That's probably correct. So, like, to, if the Oilers yeah. can keep up their just dominance of the Sens and the Sens can keep up doing whatever they can do to the Leafs and giving them nightmares, like, uh, it was just so funny. Just... Oh my goodness. While the Oilers lost stung, to quote Thanos, that did bring a smile to my face. <laughs> so now I don't want to keep too much time on the Leafs though, but there is a little bit more um, Leafs-centric news. The Leafs made a trade, not a huge trade. They traded some some minor league pieces. I'm, I'm not even going to get into really the details of the trade. Uh, however, the return though was one Alex Galchenyuk from the Carolina Hurricanes. He hasn't played a game for the Hurricanes yet. And it got me thinking, you know, like, because in my mind, Galchenyuk is... I guess still a player like I know his stock has gone down and he's not maybe as potent of a player as he was and then you know I I got to thinking and I you know I got curious so I did a deep dive sort of on his career a little bit he's played on a lot of teams and he's never really been the offensive force that I think I just have always had in my head I feel like you know he's always been like an 84 85 overall player in NHL so that means he's always been valuable to me like he's always been uh he's got a high potential so he grows a little bit like I don't know he's always been like a valuable player and and I've always felt like you know he he could probably maybe fit on the Oilers but now that I've seen him move to the Leafs and he's jumped on the Leafs and I'm I'm not really gonna criticize I mean, I guess I'll criticize the least for it. I don't get it. I don't I don't see his his added value or what he really he's yeah. gonna do for the Leafs. I know they're looking to do something to their 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 bottom six, 
Um, and so they're just trying to shake up whatever. I'll just go through his career very briefly here. Uh, he was drafted third overall in 2012. Um, so that is high. You would expect good things from that. Obviously, Pugliarvi drafted that high as well and, and all that good stuff. He spent six seasons in Montreal, uh, in which he, one of them was his career best year, where he had 30 goals and over 50 points. It was sure. then after that season, he was then traded to the Arizona Coyotes in the one-for-one Max Domi trade in 2018. Yeah. Uh, he was then traded later that year to Pittsburgh. He then played two seasons in Pittsburgh and then was traded to Minnesota at the end of the season in 2020. He then signed as a free agent at the end of last season, or I guess at the beginning of this season with Ottawa. He was then subsequently traded, like I said, earlier this year, 2021. And then a few weeks later, this trade comes down. And looking through his stats, like I said, he only has one 30-goal season, one season with over 50 points. Everything else is 30, 20 point seasons, a couple 19 goal seasons. And so just looking at it from, from a team perspective, what, like, what do you, what, I guess, what do you think happened with, with Galchenyuk? And obviously he had a lot of injury issues. Like that's a, that's a huge thing to say. Like, it's not just his play. He had a really tough time with injuries, but even when he was in, it seemed like every now and then there just, there's like a flash, like, boom, he'd, he'd hit a one time and you're like, yeah. There it is. And then he would, you know, he goes quiet and ends up on another team and then it, yeah. the cycle starts over. So I, I just thought it was, was an interesting thing to look at. And so I just want to get your take on it. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, I think, I think when he was in Montreal, I think that was definitely his home. Like when you say Galchenyuk, I immediately think of him in a Montreal Jersey. I mean, obviously he's bounced around a while, but, but that was kind of where he fit in the best. You know, I, I think, like you were saying, he's kind of one of those guys. He's definitely a bottom six guy. And I think you can kind of just slide him in wherever, though. I think that's kind of his his upside is you can just kind of put him where you need him. Because, you know, he's not necessarily uh, just a skill guy, but he's also not necessarily just a grit guy. Like, he'll get into the corner when he needs to, and he'll score when he can. So I think he's just kind of... Not quite your fourth line, I'm going to kill everybody. And obviously not your first line, I'm great. But he's definitely like a third line, just kind of filler, maybe a little bit of a veteran, I guess, role. I think that's kind of what I mean, he that, that's also the crazy thing is he's been in the in the league for almost 10 years now, which yeah. is, is crazy to think. Yeah. So, I mean, I think maybe he adds a little, you know, a little perspective. But I don't know. I think he's definitely a different player for the Leafs. The Leafs almost always – solely go for guys that score and are fast but But i I feel like i feel like isn't that sort of what he's advertised as i guess i guess i don't know gotcha he's something yeah he's just he's a he's a weird case study that's why i was so like when i when i saw that trade come down i'm like it feels like every franchise looks at galchenyuk and is like yeah he he could do something for us and then he shows up and he never really fully does anything and then he, he goes to another team i don't know it feels like he's always a a reclamation project that like well maybe this will be the team and then it, yeah. just, it, it never happens so i i just thought it was it was an interesting move for the leafs and uh, i want i wanted to take a closer look at it i think it's definitely uh you know we'll see where he lies if, you know i don't know what his contract looks like but you know we'll see how long he lasts in toronto he's probably going to be a journeyman uh, you know, probably he might stay for the rest of the season, maybe next season, maybe a couple seasons and then bounce to another team. But we'll see how it goes, see how it plays out. Uh, and so then my last piece of news, um, 
I guess it's not, I guess it's bad news. I'm ending with bad news from an Oilers perspective. Coach Tippett said this morning before the Jets game that Ethan Bear's injury has taken a little bit of a setback. So he is going to be out for a little bit longer, uh, which is unfortunate to hear because obviously Ethan Bear is hopefully going to be a large part of our defensive core and the less he plays, um, especially after really only having one good NHL season, like I feel like you, you got to, this is the year, like you got to really build on your success from your first good pro season. So uh, I'd like to see him get in here soon and hopefully, you know, he recovers quickly and can get back up to full capacity. That being said, yeah. one silver lining from this is it leaves a lot more time for us to just salivate over the play of Evan Bouchard. I mentioned that he had his first NHL multi-point night in the last game versus Winnipeg. He also had eight shots on net with, I believe, 11 shot attempts for his career high. The kid continues to impress. I don't know. He just, he looks really good. So from an Ethan Bear perspective, uh, that's not good. I wish him the speediest recovery from, you know, an Oilers defense thing. It, it frees up the log jam a little bit and gives us a little bit more looks at maybe some of the other options. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. I think obviously Bear is one of your top prospects on D, not necessarily prospect, I mean, he plays, but but you know what I mean, you know, he's got a lot of room to grow still, he's still a young guy, so I think, you know, you want him on the ice as much as possible just to get his playing time up, but again, another prospect is, you know, Bouchard, he's, he's not played a ton yet, and what he's played so far is very nice, and I think if Bear doesn't go down, you don't necessarily see as much of Bouchard. So I think now that you're seeing more of Bouchard, even when Bear comes back, I think maybe somebody else, another piece of the puzzle gets moved around and Bouchard might stay in because I, I think there's definitely no reason to send him out. You know, I think there's no reason to, he hasn't shown anything that's like, eh, I really don't like that. You're not playing anymore. If um, anything, his play at this point with the way he's played has made it incredibly hard to take him out. All right. Exactly. If anything, right, like he plays bad, he comes out after one or two games. He plays so so, right? Maybe he plays, and then you you get like a rotation going just to see who starts to play better. But he's played phenomenal for a, for a kid this young, for a rookie and a defenseman coming in. Like he's blown my expectations out of the water. So yeah, I don't know how you, how you take him out of the lineup right now. I would agree with you there. I I, I think I'm excited to see what he does, and then maybe even you know once Bear gets back seeing what what both of them can do uh, you know i think they're both a, a a good threat on the d just for solid defensive play as well as some offensive firepower back there too just you know good eyes on the defense so we'll see how it goes and so now before we wrap up the episode we are going to quickly do our plays of the episode so kyle i will let you go first what was your play of the week what did you enjoy the most i'm gonna say this is Second time I've mentioned this name. Uh, I mentioned him last week as well, or last podcast as well. Rosovic dazzles again, comes in, spin move, puts the puck between his legs, throws it across the front of the net, and then Cam Atkinson ends up jamming it in. I, I mean, the goal was honestly terrible. I think it was a, it honestly ended up being a secondary assist from Rosovic, but the play was gross. Like, the move was filthy. To have the balls to do that in the middle of a game, just nonchalantly, and then skate away like, yeah, I did it. I, oh, I love it. I love that's, it. That's the second time in, like, two weeks he's done, like, some crazy between-the-legs moves. Something, like, yeah. He's been he's been featured on Pavel Barber quite a bit. I'm sure, you, I'm sure you've noticed. So, yes. uh, uh, actually, fun fact, I'm banned from Pavel Barber's Instagram. Oh? 
Did I never tell you this? Hang on, uh, hang on, hang so, on, hang on, hang on. Uh, yeah, say more right now. Um, so uh, Pavel Barber blocked me on Instagram. Myself, Ryan Rosine. He blocked Rosie too? Patrick Labudis. Yeah, Ronnie Givino. Um, shout out to all these guys. Big, big shout out. Rolstein. But there was something on the NHL. Like the NHL posted something. And Pavel Barber made a comment that was kind of out of pocket. And so Rosie chimed in on it. And then he, they were going back and forth for a little bit. And Rosie looked at all of us and was like, yo, like I'm kind of getting blown up by Pavel Barber right now. Like I need the boys. I so need like we all jumped in. We all jumped into this comment section just on Pavel Barber's ass. Just, just chirping the shit out of him. I think at one point uh, he said something to Ronnie. And Ronnie goes, whoa, 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 calm down there, Instagram hands, cool it. <laughs> and so we all got blocked because I was trying to go show my dad how funny it was later. And I couldn't see any of his comments. It was so bad. Wow. That is, that's incredible. That is all right. Okay. Yeah. So you have to hold on to that story because, and here's another plug uh, here at the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, every couple Saturdays, we do some of the producers here. They do the after hour show, which, which is a late show, which is obviously hockey related but it's a lot of us just mostly drinking and shooting the shit and that is a golden after hour shit after hour story so you gotta hold on to that because you're you gotta yeah, I'll try to see if i can find again. some of those comments too <laughs> well you gotta tell me what post it was on or something yeah I gotta, go, I gotta find it i will go back because i am not blocked by pavel barber yet so that is funny yeah, I'll, I'll try to find it. it it was it was pretty good we were also pretty drunk so uh, right it was well, awesome sorry you're, you're playing the game <laughs> my my play of the episode uh might be that story now uh <laughs> but, but seriously my play of the episode is gonna go to it's gonna be you know i guess kind of a cop-out but it's gonna be an oilers play nugent hopkins second goal i already talked talked on it unstoppable ripper great cross-eyes pass from pliarvi but just like half falling down he pulled it off with such speed like his wrist shot's nasty it's always been nasty but yeah. like that was unstoppable again uh so play of the episode goes out to uh ryan nugent hopkins the nuge for that one the nuge. Uh, however that is going to do it for episode 10 of the rig rats podcast uh thank you very much for listening uh be sure to subscribe to this podcast on spotify apple podcast soundcloud megaphone wherever you guys listen to your podcast it helps out a great deal uh, you should also follow the podcast on twitter so you can keep up to date with uh, all the announcements and you know dumb stuff i like to say during the games that's going to be at the rig underscore rats on twitter also follow the hockey podcast network like i'm saying we have a bunch of awesome really great other podcasts on the network and we do a bunch of great giveaways and contests and that sort of stuff and so that's going to be at hockey pod net on twitter and uh, as always let's go oilers see you fellas